Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today we have Adam Hires. Adam Hires is a loan officer and a co-founder of Genius Loan Officer. Um, and he is, uh, they just started a coaching program and I'm so happy to have you here, Adam. Uh, I know you just moved to a new market as well. So before we get to that, quickly just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how long you've been in business, stuff like that. Yeah, so, uh, well, been in business, Today, actually, five years ago, I uh, passed my uh, loan officer test and uh, got started about a about a month or so later. So five years, it's been a been a wild ride. Uh, came in and you know was successful really early. You know, my my third month in, I was closing. You know, I think I closed nine or ten deals, uh, and then my sixth month in, I had a twenty deal a month, and just kind of kind of had fun from there. Started building uh, from Kentucky. Uh, well. Not originally from Kentucky, but was in Kentucky for about 20 years and then moved to Georgia um, about four months ago. So some challenges there to, you know, crazy, right? Like and everything that's going on in the world, move, pick up state, go do that. And of course, all last year, my main focus was actually coaching, okay. um, but but I was still closing 20 loans a month while really working about 20 hours a week in the uh, loan industry. So Wow. Wow, that's incredible, man. Uh, you know, because obviously you talk about this. And so, so many people come into this industry and it takes them, you know, 20 years to get to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 10, 20 loans a month closing. Yep. And, and you said you closed in three months, you closed nine deals. So let's walk us through that real quick, man. Because, you know, a lot of times what I like to talk about, um, and I'm sure there's other stories behind this, but a yep. lot of times I like to talk about the struggles. In your case, it sounds like you just came right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any struggles early on uh, or maybe in the prior, you know, prior thing? Like what, what, what does that all look like? And how did you go from zero to nine deals in, you know, three months? Yeah. So, um, I was working at an Ashley furniture, running an Ashley furniture, I should say, and I was coaching salesmen there. That's, that was my main function. They would come to me and I would coach them up on their KPIs, the behaviors that was behind that, and just, just working on salesmanship. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, it always, I, I always and forever, what always has disgusted me is, bad salesmanship. <laughs> and so sure. I, uh, I, w- I was running that and then decided I was going to go into the loan game. Mm-hmm. And so when I did, I was like, am I as good as what I think I am? This is all commission. Let's get after it. And so you asked me, you know, how, how did you, you know, do good so quick or whatever? It went back to one, uh, you know, I didn't really have this huge, you know, money pit, you know, money over there that I could just fall back on. So the ships were burned. Sure. And just decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But the first thing I did was, man, I just researched, right? I mean, I was, what do I need to do to be successful out of the gates? And, you know, I knew that, you know, obviously real estate agents were someone that I could, I could contact. They were top of funnel and Mm -hmm. could get the deals from, but I said, well, how am I going to get real estate agents to send me business? I don't know how to even close a loan. (laughs) So, So obviously I need to learn a little bit about that, but my main focus was like, how can I show up differently than anybody else? How can I um, have the correct sales dialogue to really not 
have that come up to where I'm new or not, or that objection be so, um, so far distant from their mindset that they're still going to, Hey, this is the person I'm going to trust to send my client to. Right. And that's really where it started. So I started doing a lot of research into more of the sales dialogue, how to be different, not the old, again, it nauseates me to the 1960s of the hardcore clothes and all this other stuff. And there's so many coaching programs out there. I'm still like, that is not what you should be saying to people. And it's not just a pure volume game. It's you have to call a certain amount of people. You have to contact a certain amount of people, however that is, but can you do it, show up in a different way and, and do that? So that's what I, uh, what I did. I just started, you know, calling, uh, real estate agents, but I was just having different conversations. And very rarely did I notice that I was having any kind of uh, pushback for being new. Honestly, it never came up how long I'd been in the business because I was having really deep connecting conversations about them. Um, and so I remember showing up at a, an event uh, for, and there was like a couple hundred loan officers in it. This was six months in, it was November of 2016. Mm-hmm. And there was like 200 loan officers in there at the company, you know, and it was a region and they're like, Hey, get up. And like, how are you going to, how are you closing so many deals? And I had a 20 month loan going, you know, I was closing 20 months, uh, 20 loans just that month. Right. And, you know, they're like, how the heck do you do it? And really I just said this, I went through some of the sales dialogue. I, 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 uh, you know, learned and, and then, I remember loan officers calling me and they're like, man, you know, I'm meeting through these real estate agents, but I can't, you know, I'm not getting deals from them. And I'm like, well, let's go through what you're saying. And what I noticed is all the time was it was talking about at that company as a previous company, they had a system and they had this slogan of how they close loans fast. Sure. And that's what they were showing up. Imagine that. Imagine. I mean, how many, how many loan officers are saying that they have the best turn times and the best rates? Everyone, everyone, right? <laughs> so they're showing up and throwing up, right? You know, the old thing and, and trying to close them down. And because, you know, the everybody was drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh my gosh, this is the best company ever. They're, they're doing things differently, et cetera. Not that they weren't doing some things differently, but the point is nobody knows that until they get behind the doors and they actually right. see it. The proof is in the pudding. Right. That, uh, so that's that has very little to do with them sending you business. And, and in fact, I remember there was a really great conversation I had. Uh, well, it was a bad, it was a bad conversation, but it was a conversation that I remember now being a great conversation because I learned a lot. Sure. And it was November and I was, maybe maybe it was December when this agent called me and I was doing really well, feeling myself now, man, I'm, I'm, I'm crushing it. (laughs) And I had this great reputation of closing things down really quick. I mean, I just, I learned how to close them down and do a good job through the midst of not knowing what I was doing. And an agent called me and she says, Hey, I heard you close loans really fast. And I was like, what's up? Oh, heck yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, I do. And I was telling her, I was like, yeah, we can close it down a couple weeks. We can do this and all this stuff. Right. And I'm just like, and she said, I don't know if I want to close that quick. That seems stressful. And I was totally just thrown back. Right. Because I didn't expect that. I expected her just like, all right, well, I'm sending me your next client. I never got a client from her ever. That conversation ended with, no client um, from, you know, it was, I was never going to get any deals from her. And really it again, accentuates the point. Even when somebody shows up and says, Hey, man, I, this might be someone I want to work with. If you don't have the correct conversation and know what really 
you know, moves the needle for them, what they want. What she wanted in that conversation was a surety that it would be a smooth process. Right. That people would feel good about it. Right. She was a very, and so in sales dialogue, there's, you know, there's different, four different archetypes. And her archetype was all the way different from mine, which is more methodical type of personality. Well, when I just threw that whole garbage on her, like I was going to close so quick. She just wanted to know I could close in 30 days. It was going to be smooth. And that's good. That was what quick meant to her. She didn't so need nine day closes? Nine day closes, right? Yeah. But <laughs> I tell you what, you know, loan officers out there, if you're, if you're, man, just stop promising stupid crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because your one client closed in nine days that had a 740 credit with a perfect file, right. I mean, everybody's going to close that fast, yeah. right? Yeah. Proper expectations, right? So I think that's the biggest thing out there. If somebody can get something off the bat from this is, is just really work on your salesmanship and your dialogue and having the correct conversations. And really, I tell you what, when you focus on them, you focus on what their one or four archetypes are, when their three methods of way they speak, tell you what, life becomes a little bit easier. Well, let's and let's dig in there a little bit, right? I mean, so uh, and that's one thing that I love about uh, sales as well is is I think too many times people try to get in this mentality of like, I have to pitch them like, this is what I have to offer. But the reality yeah. is, like you just mentioned, not everybody is going to fall into the same bucket of what their needs, wants, and yeah. desires are, right? It's even when you're building a team, you have to think about the same thing because, you know, um, like for us, people, that are the number ones, the, the entrepreneurs, the, yep. the, the leaders tend to be money motivated, things like that. But a lot of times people aren't motivated by money. They're not motivated by, they're mm-hmm. motivated by, yep. by, by impact. They're motivated by, um, by, by providing some value to the team. And so thinking about that with your team, but also with the people that you're talking to and selling to, you have to understand what their pain points are. Right. And, and so I, I love that, that fact that you say, you have to understand who they are before you just pitch them something random, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, people, so many times people are trying to educate people into buying instead of trying to figure out what it is that's actually their pain point and then selling to that pain point, right? Showing them that Absolutely. the solution to their problem is your service. Yeah. Not not just trying to cookie cutter everybody into, hey, well, we provide all these 32 things. Maybe to that person, only one of those things is valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And, then, you know, you go deep with that, right? You go deep. Why does that matter to them? You know, right. what situation have that, you know, somebody says, Hey, you know, um, I love good communication. You know, the first thing somebody wants to do as a salesperson is jump on that. Right. You just jump all over. I that. Mean, like, great. Luke. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We communicate. This is what we do. We do this. It's like, instead of saying, Luke, let me ask you something like what's, what's good communication look like for you. And you're like, well, I mean, I think that, you know, I like to, you know, know what's going on. I like, to, you know, and then you can kind of go down those paths, right. There's, there's so much that can open up in there. You can also go into pain point, like has, as so that's important to you. Has there something a little bit in the past, you know, caused your communication to go down with the, with a lender before or something along that line? They can say, well, man, I had this one situation. It closed. And you're like, Oh, I guess that caused a little pain for you, which I love, I love to minimize pain for them to maximize pain. Right. It's a very big thing. And you're like, hell no, it, it, it was horrible. Right. And then you go down that path and, and, and now you're having real dialogue you're having real conversations and that's what it's about. I mean, it's, it's sales and being a great loan officer um, should be a love language, you know, should be a love language, not a, you know, me against them and I'm going to trick them and I'm going to beat over my head with my solutions. Can't be that way. It's not well, going to work. 
And I, and I love that you say that because, and there's two books that they're not really like super relevant, but, but the concept here is who, not how, and mm-hmm. uh, dare to lead. Both of those books talk about this sort of this concept of dare to lead talks about it as um, uh, clarity is kindness, right? Yeah. So actually being clear on what they actually want and what you mean as well. Right. And, and I think that's being as a leader as well. Like if mm-hmm. you're in a leader on a team uh, being clear about what you want, but also what the outcome is supposed to look like. Uh, and, and I think that's super important because like, if you understand uh, what they're actually looking for and what success looks like to them. And mm-hmm. I think that is where you need to get to is not so much what your vision of what success looks like, but what does good communication look like to them? Because you might think good communication is you answer the phone at nine o'clock at night, yep. you know, you're picking, or it's like, they're like, no, like, I just want you to respond to me within 24 hours. I want you to, yep. you know, make sure that I, you're proactively reaching out. So I know what's going on on my files, you know, yep. things like that. And so, and so many times, yep. like, and I think that's super important to talk about here too, is I think as you grow as a loan officer, it's very important to protect your boundaries, right? And yeah. I, I don't know how you, you feel about this, but I see so yeah. many times that people are like, I work on the weekends, I work, you know, I work till nine yeah. o'clock. But what's, what you're doing is you're basically giving everybody, hey, I'm open all, all times, you know, take advantage of me. Uh, and that's how yeah. I feel like I cut my, you know, I don't respond to stuff on the weekends. I don't respond to mm-hmm. stuff after 5 p.m. generally. Um, mm-hmm. And I know it's a little bit different because I'm not a, a loan officer, but um, mm-hmm. at the same time, like, the right partners are going to work with you with your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I'm overstepping here, but. You no, not at all. And, and I want the loan officers out here because some probably just got, oh my God, hey, oh no. Yeah. They probably said, no, that's Luke because he's not running. He's not a loan officer. You don't know. Right. The loan officers, right. you have. Right. So I love this. This is, so I always like, I was hires coaching before I actually, we, we launched into co-partnership of uh, genius loan officer. I've been running hires coaching and always, you know, my mantra is work 38 hours a week. Um, I love and that. people are like, well, how are you, how are you going to work, you know, less than 40 hours a week and do it. And one of the ways is this, right? The boundaries is, is a huge thing that, and so we have to look at a few, few things, right? Like what's under the hood? Why don't you set boundaries? Do you not feel like you can get the deals if you don't? Is it something internally that you're going to feel bad? You're not going to feel like, you're giving the best level of service because like keep going down that road and think, why are you feeling that way? But there's, so I was, it was a few years back and I remember when I got in, I didn't set boundaries, right? There's one thing I didn't do really well with the answering calls. So I was going to, um, I was looking at this one candidate. She was a former, she was a client that I'd, I'd, I'd helped when I first came in. And she, the third time she mentioned this, she said, you know, I just want to, you know, I just want to make sure the work-life balance, something that sort was going to be okay. And I asked her, I said, can I ask why you went back to that question three times? And she said, well, I remember you were doing my loan and I text you at 10 PM at night and you text right back and answer the question. I said, I did. She says, that's, that's not something I want to do. And I said, I said, absolutely. Do you remember your response to me? She said, yeah, you could have answered me the next day. And I said, exactly. I set that parameter for myself that I need to answer that now. So if somebody texts me at 10 p.m. at night, I'm like, I, I don't answer, I don't respond to anybody before 8 to 8.30. I got a text last night. You know, it doesn't happen very often, you know, but 8, 8.30 in the morning, they're getting a response when the appropriate time is, right? And I think that's huge. And if you're answering all these questions that when somebody's in, process right now on the weekends, you probably need to 
you probably need to rein that in. Now, why are you answering those? Are you thinking that you're not going to answer them because you're going to be too busy on Monday? Well, we can go down that path and say, well, what's your schedule look like? Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things to reduce your hours. You don't have to work 65, 70 hours a week as a loan. That's, that's, a, that's a narrative that people just keep throwing out there. Even if you're only a, you don't have, oh, I don't have the team, Adam. Well, okay, let's, let's break down what you're doing. What is holding you up? Why are you not setting parameters? How are you setting up your day? All those things you can keep going down, but it ends up being something internally is going on that's not allowing you to do that. So I think that's a, that's a huge piece that people need to understand and, and not give up on the dream that they can, you know, they can check out and they can, they can be successful and have a life. I mean, that's, that's not what anybody should want. It's like, well, when I'm, you know, people listen to too much of the entrepreneur BS, sorry, <laughs> it, where, where people will say, you know, you got to grind every day and you got to, got to, you know, work 70 hours a week to be successful. You know, most of the people saying that, that are the top level are not even doing that. That's just like a, that's, that's a thing because it really or, resonates with people. Or but if the you anomaly. are, don't stop doing it. Or they're the, or the, the anomaly that just loves to work all the time. But the, right. rea- the reality is, Humans are terribly inefficient. And most of the time, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll mirror what you said earlier. Like I didn't, when I first started, I was working a ton of hours. There was mm-hmm. a, there was a point in 20, I think it's beginning of 2020, January of 2020, when my wife's like, you haven't even been here for the last yeah. two years. Like, yeah. and that was like, Oh, that was a gut. That yeah. was a gut punch to, you yeah. know, and I, and I'm not, I wasn't even working the type of hours that I hear some loan officers working, especially over the last year. Right. Like, yeah. because it's been so crazy, people yep. double, triple dating their business working 60, 80 hours a week. And it's like, yeah. for what, right? Like for what reason? And a lot of times it's because I think we also feel guilty. Sometimes achievers tend to feel guilty when they're not putting in, you know, sometimes right. you're like, how efficient are you actually being? Right. And some, and I've right. even seen in these, some of these groups, people are like, how quickly do you expect a response? Well, I respond right away. Da, 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 this, that, and yeah. the other is like, well, that's terribly inefficient because yeah. you know we, we all know that that multitasking is not a real thing, right? You're just switching from nope. task to task really quickly. And so, so many times people are like, well, we need to respond to this. Like, no, like, why don't you respond twice a day? Why don't you set up parameters there? Like, and, and the other, the other, like you were talking about this responding at 10 o'clock at night, like, uh, I don't remember who was that said this to me, but they're like, you don't run an emergency room. No one's going to die right. if you don't respond. Right. And so it's like, okay, yep. well, that makes sense. Right. Start, start putting your filters through that. Like, you know, if yeah. I don't respond till tomorrow, like what, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay. Yeah. You have a real estate agent that is going to give this to another person. Is that really the person you want to work with? The person that's taking advantage of you at 10 o'clock at night that doesn't manage their own business well enough that they're texting you at 10 o'clock at night. Cause that's the reality. Right. Someone who's texting you at 10 o'clock at night. Like if they really need something that quickly, they've mismanaged some part of their business or, you know, maybe there's an exception and they, you know, yeah. Something happened. And, and that's, yeah. there's always an exception to the rule. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand there's exceptions out there, but you know, again, it has to be, again, like, what can you do to set up those parameters? Again, efficiency. Um, I think it's a very, um, very good point we need to make is that when you're pushing through barriers, your hours can go up, right? It may, I'm not saying if you're out there, you're wrong. If you're working right now, 60 or 65 hours, I'm saying you're wrong. If you're not trying to do something, to get out of that. Right. There that's, are seasons for the grind. That, that it's, it's okay. I need to get the who, right. I need to get people in place to reduce my hours. I need to get myself in line, whatever that may be, that's holding you up from, from reducing those. 
when you're pushing through it. So, you know, if you're a single loan officer, right, you're, you don't have a team yet and you're starting off. Like I didn't, I couldn't just go and hire this team right off the bat. And I had to learn guidelines. So yeah, my first little while I was working a lot more hours because I was like, I remember getting in before I knew how to close a loan. I had like 13 loans going like, right. I, I was like, what's the next step? But you know, like <laughs> I had no idea. They went well because I, I worked, I put in the time, went off without hitches. People were happy, um, which goes to show you, you don't have to be in the game forever. You just have to really care and, and, and take care of the things you need to and be a master communicator. Sure. But, you know, I pushed through that, you know, for it, it took me a while. And, and then what I allowed myself to do is even when I didn't have to, I was letting my, you know, I was letting my, my day get loose, right? It got looser, it got looser, it got looser. And especially last year, I'll tell you, when I was like, okay, I'm going to be a, I'm going to really coach people to, you know, first January last year, I'm going to coach people to be successful. I had to mold myself even more. I, well, how am I going to do a lot of loans and help a lot of people grow their business? and do all this other stuff. Well, and also I want, if I'm teaching this, I want to be really good at it. And guess what happened? I was able to reduce those hours even more. I shrunk it more. And that's just part of it. It's like, what are you going to be focused on? You know, when you're doing something, you said it, there's no multitasking. There's absolutely, that's not a thing. I mean, it's, it's not a thing. And I used to hire people. I remember used to be a question. I used to, when I was hiring people back, probably even Ashley furniture and how good are you multitasking? It's like, Hey, how good are you at really just half-assing everything? Focusing. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> like basically that's what you're asking. Like, can you <laughs> can you half-heartedly do two things at once? Like right, right. That's basically what you're asking. So absolutely. Well, and and open and you talk about you, you reduced your hours to 20 to 20 hours a week about, right? And so mm-hmm. that's that's the concept of Parkinson's law as well. I don't know how familiar you are with that, yep, but absolutely. basically work expands to the amount of yep. time you, you allot to it, right? Yep. So if you have 40 hours, like guess what? You're gonna find stuff to do for those 40 hours. And it might take you twice as much time to do the other things. Um, You might not be more efficient. So I think actually reducing your hours. And the other thing too, is that humans are only really efficient for like four to six hours. Like that's like real deep work. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so some people are trying to work 12, 14, 16 hours. Like the reality is only four of those hours are really probably effective. The rest Mm -hmm. of it, like, yeah, maybe you're doing paperwork, but you know, as a loan officer, you probably shouldn't be doing that much paperwork. Um, right. But, uh, and, and I love it, man. So, so from the beginning, you know, you grew your business really quickly. What would you say kind of was the the biggest thing there that you did? I mean, were you reaching out to people cold or what was kind of your process there? I mean, you know, that's the only way I knew the first, I just, I just reached out to people and had, again, I think it's, uh, the one thing that I hate that's, and I know it's a stick with everybody, right. The whole, uh, you know, stop begging for business, right. Like everybody's like, Oh, you get to all these in, stop begging for business it's only begging for business. If you're begging for business, I mean, right. if, if you're not, a, if that's the way you think about it, when you're calling somebody to help, then, then again, that's internal. You need to work on it. I think there's obviously ways, other ways as well to get business other than just calling, which, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on in even genius loan officer going through. And uh, you know, one thing that's helped me grow my business is, is having events that is really sure. vital, you know, because sure. one of my biggest things that I ended up growing my business a few years ago is, is actually got me into coaching was I was putting on events that was for helping lo- for people real grow estate agents? for, for actually I invited, I invited business professionals as well. Oh, okay. So just everybody. I love the mix, by the way, if, if I would have given give you advice as well as like, if you, if you think you're good at that kind of stuff, you know, get other, get financial planners, get, you know, get roofers, get anybody that's in, you know, the good business people 
and try to get them into a, an event. And you, what's going to do is you're going to create that whole, you know, collective uh, group. They're going to love being in there because they're going to want to interact with people and have, um, you know, networking, but having those events. So I would get up and I would, I would tell people how to grow their business. It could be something on prospecting, something on marketing. It could be something on, you know, just the sales dialogue, you know, so many, or how to, you know, how to goal set, et cetera, all these things. And so that's what I kept doing every month. I would, you know, have 30 people show up, you know, had a following before COVID hit, you know, at these events in Kentucky. Right. They're really great. I mean, because, you know, they got me into partnerships. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't just showing up and, or, call, or just calling them and say, hey, let's get a coffee. It was, it was really good conversations. And I think that was very vital to, like I said, bring other people together and, and have those. Uh, but that's what brought, brought me into coaching because I had several people going, they didn't know what I, some people didn't know what I did before that until the end kind of thing. And they're like, well, uh-huh. Are you like, are you a business coach? And I'm like, no, I'm a loan officer. Like, why the hell are you not <laughs> you need to be a business coach? And a couple of them, are like, you you gotta like, you gotta do it. You're great at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of how that kind of launched. But uh well, but but it's good, you know, bring if you're not good at events, you know, bring somebody else in or you know, do the zooms or whatever, you know. It's it's about, you know, getting people in a room um and you know, then be able to follow up in a cool way. Well, and I think what, what you're doing there with events too is you're, you're one, you're giving value, right? Mm-hmm. You're actually giving something other than what everybody else is doing, which is they're cold calling saying, I have the, the fastest, the best rates and the fastest turn times, right? And I pick up my phone at all hours, which is kind of the three USPs yep. that everybody thinks are USPs, but they're not. Um, and and mm-hmm. then, you know, so you're providing value, but you're also, uh, by, by hosting events, you're actually establishing your authority, right, as well. So you're setting yourself as the authority in the space yep. uh, and you'll be able to, to give value. And so and that establishes some of that, some of that is like the law of reciprocity where, you know, you're giving value. So people are like, well, how can I also bring value uh, to their life, right? And so I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool things there, but also they're more open to having conversations with someone that has provided uh, a value to that. And so th- the next mm-hmm. thing that I wanted to quickly hit on was you recently moved from Kentucky to, I was it Georgia? Georgia. Talk, talk a little bit about how you've transitioned there and what are you doing to build your business now? Yeah, big, big transition. So uh, sure. kind of cool, just new... Uh new place. And, you know, uh, with, with COVID, you know, it's harder to meet people, um, you know, in, in person and, and events are a little more challenging on, on, unless you do them online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do still love in person because, you know, again, what I would say to this, by the way, is like, if you can do the events and, and, and five people show up, it's cool. Like let's st- you're still bringing value and don't, don't worry about the crowd being 25 right. or 30 or 50 or whatever. Um, so same kind of things. Um, I've had a virtual assistant actually booking me appointments, right? So instead of I'm I'm calling them, they're booking me phone appointments or or whatever, which they show up a little differently, right? Like right, right, now right. they're they they know they're going to be in a call. Um, those that's one way. We got stuff going through the LinkedIn, like I said, with um, mm-hmm. you know getting people dialed in and and going to my event page and all that stuff to um, you know showing up a little differently. You know, we so you like inviting cool them in to events via LinkedIn or what's that kind of look like? Yeah, it's it goes through my page. Um, okay. I got a, a lander page. Uh, okay, and so they go to that, and that's that's it, it, the video is it's a video sales letter made by the great Dolph Lyon. Uh, um, he uh, is is a part of our, our uh, genius loan officer, mm-hmm. and it's 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 dialed. If anybody's listen, the video sales letters are huge. Um. Yeah. You know, by the end of it, I watch it. I'm like, holy crap! I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm I'm trying to buy it. 
<laughs> trying to buy it, right? And so video sales letters are huge. I think it's, it, again, a new way to to be cool, to set yourself apart, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, people want to be in a room with people that that are advisors and and doing it a different way. And those, those are cool, cool ways to do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think one of the things as well is, is, is link it up with an insurance agent that, that wants to, you know, connect you with other people. Right. I mean, getting people that want your business, but connect you with somebody else is huge and vital. I think that people don't take advantage of that enough, whether it's a title rep, whether it's whoever it is, somebody that want could use your business, but also can introduce you to people. I mean, that's, that's, it's very vital. Like I've a, I've a, I've a, uh, I just got my Florida license, for example, and, and you know I have a title rep that runs, or, or not, he runs a title company. It moved from Kentucky to Florida. I'm like, hey man, get me on some zooms with your, you know, some real estate agents there. And sure. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Right? It's like you know, way to show up a little differently. So you definitely Love involve, it. definitely go. The first thing I would say is if you're going somewhere, um, you know, don't just look at people that can get you business. Look at people that you can send business to. And then say, Hey, listen, Luke, buddy, here's what I need from you. Like, like I did one that, that had, we did a wine tasting thing, right? I'm not a, I'm a, I'm a bourbon guy, I'm a bourbon, okay, sure. but I don't know anything about cigars or I'm a bourbon cigar guy. I don't know anything about wine, sure. but, but it's cool. We, we showed up, she invited people. I've netted some, some, uh, some good, uh, uh, partnerships out of that because I was leveraging her inviting people because she wants my business. Right. And I think that's a huge vital thing that people need to do is, is go look at who wants your business. You know, go have them help you yeah. connect. Yeah, title simple, right? insurance, financial planners, title, yeah. you know, all different ways to, to connect. And I think yeah. that's huge too, because you know, you can everybody's always going after realtors, which is great. Obviously, you want to go after realtors as well. But I, I love the fact that you're, you know, not just sticking to one uh, demographic. Um, yeah. that, you know, and I think realtors are great because obviously they see a lot of those people, but you know, financial planners see pretty good yep. wealthy people, you know, yep. things like that. Divorce attorneys, you know, those are yep. all kinds of people that you could get connected with that, that can get, can turn into good, good business for you. So, um, here let, real quick, as we're kind of wrapping up here, what would you say is like one, one tip or one thing that you would uh, tell a loan officer to help them, you know, basically, like I said, you know, flip the status quo on real estate agents. How can you help them position themselves in a better way? So they're not having to, you know, go basically say the same things everybody else is saying. I mean, I think that's all dependent on what, what your thing is. Right. I mean, I think that if it's events, you like to put on events, find a cool way to, to, you know, it's like instead of a straight line to just call that person, how can you, you know, have something different. Right. So I think that like your program, for example, I'm, I'm sure with, Hey, you, you know, you're getting in a conversation and you have some lead flow coming in. I mean, that, that could be, but you never want to, even on lead flow, even if you got deals is make sure you don't establish that good relationship as well within that and just say, here, here you go. And I'm going to get all this business back because don't waste those leads that Luke is getting you because, or those, those, those good referrals, make sure that the bullet will only do anything if it's going to hit its target, right? Like yep, yep, yep. up there, it's not going to work. So make sure that you're, you know, if you're, you know, Luke is crushing deals and helping you get, um, you know, those good quality leads and you're, they're turned into buyers. And if you're, don't just waste those bullets and go, okay, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to not establish a relationship. I don't know Luke at all here. He's the real estate agent. And I'm just going to try to send them one because guess what? If they're not in position, they they love their lender. You've not established a relationship. They're going to take that deal. They're going to say, thank you. You're not going to get the next deal. Right. It's, 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 so um, again, you know, whatever you're doing, just kind of like Dolph was talking about in my podcast, I just did is I always have a call to action, you know, 
whatever you're doing, have a call to action. So um, just figure out something that is going to make you unique from somebody else. So it could be, you know, you're using a program like yourself, but you're still, again, you have to have the correct conversations behind it to really land that partnership. I, I agree like f- uh, fully right there because I've seen so many times in the past people try, you know, the whole, hey, well, we'll send you a bunch of leads. And the reality is that real estate agents don't want a bunch of leads, no. um, you know, and so that's that's one actual downfall is people think that by just sending a bunch of leads, that's, that's going to get them business. And it might in the short term, but I've actually seen people lose relationships because, you know, they're like, this is just a waste of my time, yeah. um, you know, and so we're always, you know, talking about it the more people you can get pre-approved and handed over the better. But, but again, mm-hmm. having that conversation with the people, like these are the people, like you almost want to establish firmer connections with your existing, um, your existing mm-hmm. people, but also having that conversation, right? The expectations conversation of like, here's what's going to happen. Here's I have access to a program. We get pre-approvals all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just looking for some real estate agents that, that, that have this sort of like two way street, right? We're looking to, to partner here um, because I, I think it makes sense because so many times people just give, give stuff expecting, but don't mm-hmm. ever have that expectations talk. Um, right. right. And, you know, and, and if you've ever heard Michael Mann, he talks about the uh, expectations versus um, the uh, agreements versus expectations. Right. And he talks mm-hmm. about that whole concept of like, you need to have an agreement that this is what's going to happen moving forward. Uh, and, and if it's like, Hey, like they don't want to work with you, you can have the agreement that, all right, well, I'm not going to waste my more of my time working with this person. That's never going to send me a deal. Right. You can right. focus on the people that are, you know, you know, my kind of people. Right. And Absolutely. so I, I love that. And so you know, real quick wrapping up. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Adam. Is there um, anywhere people can go find you? Um, I, I know you have a couple yeah. of different places you can do that, but wh- where is the best place for people to reach out to you? I'm on the socials, uh, <laughs> but you can find me on, uh, you know, obviously LinkedIn uh, under my name, Adam Hires, H-I-R-E-S, um, you, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, Adam at HiresCoaching.com. Still have that uh, on there. You cool. can um, email me directly, you know, pretty easy to find, look me up, uh, have a conversation. Listen, uh, at the end of the day, I love helping people. So, you know, I just got contacted by a new loan officer getting in the game. He's not ready for my coaching program or anything. Sure. He's just trying to f- figure a few things out. I don't mind a bit to, to have that conversation. Just, you know, be a, be a cool gift to, to try to give you a few nuggets. Um, be more than happy to. Well, and I, lo- and I love that because, you know, I think so many times people, you know, and again, people that have mindset issues are like, why would you coach if you're da 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 right? Like, you know, if you're making so much money, why wouldn't you just go do more of that? And it's like, well, you know, that makes sense to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if that's all they're doing is that instead of the other, but at the same time, like, I think there's some fulfillment, uh, you know, and it's, 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 I'll, I'll say this myself. It's, it's, almost selfish because, because it's, it's fulfilling to help people out, right. To be able to give back to other people and to see other people succeed based off of advice and and processes and systems that you help put them in place. And so there is that, that sort of like fulfillment that comes from there. And and I think uh, if you're thinking that way, I think that's a personally, that's a bad mindset Mm -hmm. because, you know, I personally uh, spent over 50 grand last year on, on just coaching and consulting and, you know, people to help me expand and to, and to become better. And I think, you know, if you're expecting people to invest in you, you should probably be investing in yourself. Um, Well, absolutely. I mean, you have to invest in yourself. I've always plopped down big money for coaching and, and, and how, you know, had people in the circle to, to think bigger. Um, You know, why would I coach when I can make, I, I, listen, if I wanted to make, do more loans, I mean, I could do more loans and just solely focus on that. You know, I have an entrepreneur spirit, right? Like I'm just, love it. it's, you know, I was a number one ranked in powerlifting in my weight class um, years back. I just love to conquer and, and have those new passions and, and, and really, so I'm just kind of, 
Um, I honestly can get bored, you know, like and you think, well, man, you're making so much money. You know, what if you do 40 and 50 loans a month and cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I can't get there because obviously the trend is going there, but you know, to help people grow their business and that's what they truly want to do. Then I get, it's, it's all in what you want to do and how you want to f- be fulfilled. For me, fulfillment is, is continue to just to, to try to conquer something else and help other people conquer things that they want to conquer. I love, yep. I always had a coaching spirit. I've always loved helping people. Um, I remember when I was powerlifting, I used to help uh, powerlifters uh, get stronger. And and I tell you what, and, and I would have teammates and they would, they would hit a squat record. It was almost as, I had just as much enjoyment as my own. It, you almost know, hit, more. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I, I'm that type that like my mind goes like, oh my gosh, I can take Luke and I can mold him. I can do this and he can grow here. It absolutely just, my mind just races mm-hmm. with those mm-hmm. types of energies to, I, I just, I'd love that. That's why I coach. That's why I love to do what I do. Yep. Yep. That's why it's like, well, cool. You can do. Yeah. It's, it's not like I'm struggling making money doing what I'm doing or I can't do more loans. It's just, I just get more fulfillment out of, of helping other people. And ultimately yep. who knows if I'll, I'll stay, how long I'd stay in the, the realm of, of slinging loans as well. We'll see. What yeah. I want to say is out there, just constantly try to grow and don't be limited to what you think you could do. And if you think you, you know, something else is going to give you more passion and, and growth, um, go do it. Well, and, and again, and it comes down to, like you said, enjoyment and stuff like that as well. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I think so many times people are working 60, 80 hours, making a ton of money, but they're miserable all the time. Right. And so it's, it's huge to, to live a life according to your own dreams, desires, wants, um, and according to, you know, what you want to build for yourself. And that's one thing that, you know, the reason I got into this business was for three types of freedom, which is time, location, and monetary freedom. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I want to give to my clients as well Is like, you know, how, how, how do you create a business, a business with systems that, um, that can help you with the same things, right. To, to have the yeah. time freedom, to have the location freedom and to have, um, the monetary freedom, uh, that allows you to do what you want when you want, however you want, Absolutely. right. You can travel, you can do all these things. So I love it. Thank you so much, Adam, for being here. It was a great episode here. And, uh, for anybody who's listening, you know, feel free to reach out to Adam, uh, check out his, his website or check out his, his email, stuff like that. He's got a lot of great content. Um, and he's always willing to help. And so thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the loans on demand podcast on loans on demand The Loans on Demand Podcast.